Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was a surprise when Sweden took a 1-0 lead, but when this happened... And it's a second goal for Sweden. And then a third goal. Sweden are taking Team USA apart. It was downright shocking. The calls on NBC Sports. Sweden shellacked the gold medal favorite Americans. It ended a 44-game unbeaten streak for the U.S. This wasn't a knockout match, so the U.S. women will have a chance to recover, but it shows a gold medal is far from guaranteed. 3-0 is complete domination in soccer. And to go from 44-0 to getting your ass whooped, that's got to be disconcerting. Oh, and it was considered a big deal when somebody scored on the women because there 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 was talk of, do they go through the whole Olympic uh, field without being scored on? Uh, No. And they hadn't (laughs) lost in 40-whatever games, and they were standing on the field crying at the end of this one, uh, getting pantsed. There you go. Our women's softball team, though, just won. And the same pitcher, I forget her name, Oster something, same pitcher that lost the gold medal in 2008 is uh, uh, struck out nine today. So she's on fire. In 2008? Yeah, she's 38 years old. Wow. And uh, she's uh, hell-bent on getting the gold medal back for our women's softball team. They say the underhand pitching is a lot easier on your joints than uh, like overhand guy pitching. I could believe that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Look at your arms right now. They're hanging down. That's where they're meant to be. Let them hang. Not me. I walk around like this. <laughs> like an orangutan. Like okay. a monkey man. So we were talking about this the other day around... Oh, so there was a, 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 a plot unearthed by the FBI to blow up a building in a federal building, a Democratic building in Sacramento. Yeah, the Democratic Party headquarters. And uh, it was some dude from Napa and another dude from Sacramento, I think. And <laughs> did you? Did you? I don't know how much you looked into this story. One of them actually texted the other one, "Hey, you want to build blow up that building? I hate those Democrats and Joe Biden." I am paraphrasing, but this is more or less. I hate those oh, yeah. guys. We should blow up the building. You want to? Yeah, I think so. Which building should we blow up? And they just texted each other like, "No code, no." You know, maybe we should get off the line here and you know speak. You know, why? They just. It's the thing you always say, if you're planning on a life of crime, you're probably too stupid to pull off a life of crime. Well, proof that you're too stupid to have a life of crime is that you're thinking of having a life of crime. If you're texting your buddy, I hate Biden, let's blow up a building. Yeah, me too. Let's blow up a building. How about Saturday at 2? Yeah, the chances of you getting caught, I think, are pretty good, because I assume the government catches all that stuff. They're not supposed to, but I'm, I'm assuming they do. Well, inadvertently, uh, Clapper rubbing his head, forehead. Uh, no, we don't surveil Americans, not directly. Or... <laughs> but anyway, so we got on the conversation of, because the FBI infiltrated them pretty quickly and let them, they were dealing with FBI agents a, a lot of the time and they didn't know it. And how how much leash can you give these criminals before it's, you know, some sort of entrapment or enticement or something like that? Well, um, we read that email the other day from a former Fed who said, no, trust me, there there are a lot of guys chatter on the Internet. We don't have time for them. It's people who show actual intent to do this stuff that we start engaging with. Yeah, and I don't have a conclusion on this. I just anytime I read these stories, I think you let these people go really far. You know, I don't know. I don't know. So we come to this one. The plot of the bearded Michiganders who were going to kidnap the governor and take her to wisconsin and have a trial and executor or something or something now i would like to say for the record 
I don't doubt for a fact that there are people willing to do that sort of thing. And I don't, and I believe there were people at the Capitol on January 6th that would have absolutely killed Nancy Pelosi if they'd had the opportunity. I, th- I think those people exist and they're out there. I don't think there's as many of them as uh, MSNBC thinks. But they're out there. So I'll read this. This is Byron York from the Washington Examiner. He's looking at the BuzzFeed news story that I read yesterday and breaking it down. I'll just read from it. Noted cat blog BuzzFeed? (laughs) I don't know how they got a hold of this information, but they did for some reason. The FBI, the Michigan kidnap plot in January 6th. You should read the, the news story in BuzzFeed News on the plot to kidnap Michigan's Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer. It concerns the arrests last October of more than a dozen men connected with the Michigan militia groups who are charged with planning to grab Whitmer and put her on some sort of trial, in part out of anger at her lockdown orders during the COVID pandemic. Which were frequently stupid and oppressive. Absolutely. But the news in the BuzzFeed story is not really about the suspects. It's about the FBI. As it turned out, the Bureau had deeply infiltrated the group with perhaps more FBI informants and undercover agents working the case than there were alleged conspirators. But the FBI did not limit themselves to just watching and listening as the suspects allegedly plotted. Yeah, that's what grabbed me is they they told what was happening and almost every single human being involved was either an informant, was either actually an FBI agent or getting paid by the FBI to inform. And as I was reading, I thought, are is there anybody here who's not? <laughs> you know, part of this whole charade. I realize that's kind of funny, but it almost assumes that there needs to be a balance of criminals to FBI guys. Where there are more criminals than FBI, that's not true. If you got two, three uh, dangerous guys, you surround them with as many folks as you need. Some of those informants acting under the direction of the FBI played a far larger role than has previously been reported. Working in secret, they did more than just passively observe and report on the actions of the suspects. Instead, they had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. The extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether there would have ever been a conspiracy without them. I will stop here and uh, and uh, say to Joe, you got to admit that everything we've learned about, uh, you know, Strock and his lover and those sorts of things, that it's at least a possibility that there would be some in the FBI who would want this plot to get as big and as crazy as possible so that they could bust these crazy right-wingers out there who are Trump loyalists. Yeah, the whole, the the algorithm of how do these things progress? How do they get as big as they are, as fast as they do? Where does the enthusiasm come from? I got to admit, I am intrigued by that question in this type of investigation. I mean, if, if me and a buddy are sitting around talking about how we hate AOC, Politically speaking, I don't hate anybody, but um, and 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 then you know some guy wanders in. He says, "Yeah, I hate her too." You know, we ought to shoot her. And and you know, my eyes get wide. I'm like, "What the hell?" And I leave because it never crossed my mind ever. And my stupid idiot friend says, "What do you mean?" But he never would have had the idea, really. Um, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. Although, again, our FBI buddy, who, who I think I, we, we can trust, said, no, we don't, we don't mess with people who are just making idle talk. We wait till they show they're serious. Or but anyway, if, go on. Or if you don't have the money or, or, or expertise or smarts to figure out how to get a bomb, but they, in, but they, you know, they introduced the idea of where you could get a bomb. You know, where, where does that fall? I, I don't know. It's complicated. A longtime government informant from Wisconsin, the article continues, not only helped organize meetings in various states where militia members discussed possible actions, he even paid for some hotel rooms and food as an incentive to get people to come. It was ultimately paid for by the FBI. 
So they set up this meeting. They paid for the hotel rooms. They paid for the food to try to entice these people to come. You throw out free food, you're going to get a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, the Bureau pushed for its informants to bring more people into the developing kidnapping plot. The FBI kept a close eye on a militia group known as the Three Percenters, as well as the Oath Keepers. Those names should be familiar to anyone following the investigation into the January 6th Capitol riot. And anyone reading the BuzzFeed article comes away with the question, if the FBI had so deeply infiltrated the Michigan militia plot, did it also infiltrate the groups that planned to go to the Capitol on January 6th? In a larger sense, the FBI has long been proud of the work it did infiltrating and bringing down the Ku Klux Klan. And in recent years, bureau officials have warned repeatedly that right-wing militias or white supremacists or whatever you want to call them, present the single greatest threat to the domestic security of the United States. So wouldn't it be, so wouldn't it be surprising if the FBI had not infiltrated the three percenters, the Oath Creepers, the Proud Boys, and others? If so, what did the Bureau know about whatever planning was involved in those groups' actions on January 6th? The BuzzFeed article discounts that possibility by saying that while law enforcement knew all the ins and outs of the Michigan plot, it was caught completely unaware by January 6th, perhaps, but the article shines new light on existing questions about the Bureau's actions. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, suggesting, of course, that the FBI uh, should have known or probably did know a lot more about what was going to happen on, on January 6th and didn't act as early as they could have or should have. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear to me how many people were planning on ultraviolence on January 6th. It was a substantial number of people, but if you had to guess, judging by the videos you've watched and everything, how many people were there bent on violence? I'm guessing... At a minimum. I'm guessing in three figures, low three figures. Okay. Just watching all the videos and seeing all the guys that were clearly there and you know going through the military formations and in riot gear ready to fight and all that sort of stuff. I'm just guessing, but I'm thinking a hundred maybe. Yeah, okay. out of thousands of thousands of people that were there, as opposed to people who got swept up and maybe threw yeah. a few punches, which is illegal and terrible and the rest of it. But uh, don't freak. Yeah, okay. with, yeah I, 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 I'd, I'd go further than that. You freaking punch a cop who's trying to keep you from going into the Capitol building. What the hell is that? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I said illegal and terrible. Um, oh, well, what the? Oops, sorry. My TV took off. Where's my remote control? Your TV took off. Is your refrigerator running? Yeah, my my refrigerator's running. Hold on, I got to turn that Coming off. up, some bonus mailbag from our alert listeners who've written emails to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com involving j- bums and junkies, school lunch programs, and space. Maybe you do this at home sometimes. You pause the TV, and after an hour, it starts playing because you've reached the buffering limit. Yep. Uh, I'll read the final final paragraph on this and then put it to bed. None of this is to say that the Capitol riot was an FBI, FBI operation that Tucker has been kind of alluding to over the last couple of weeks, or that the federal government caused the riot. That is simply not the case, and the people who ransacked the Capitol that day are responsible for their own actions. But just as in the Michigan matter, where the defendants will argue in court that they were entrapped by law enforcement, the public should know what U.S. and law enforcement knew and uh, and did not know in the lead up to January sixth. Yeah, I would say in this Michigan plot and in the um, January sixth thing, how much did they know? How how much was letting people go as far as you can so you can charge them with the most stuff? Oh, okay. All right. So they're saying irresponsibly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wondered what he was driving at. I mean, because I would think the authorities, if they had any idea what was going on, would have responded a little more. 
affirmatively. Of course, you know, everything unfolded pretty quickly. And if there's some FBI guy in some, uh, you know, field office in Michigan who knows the whole thing and he's frantically trying to get somebody on the line in D.C., that's just not going to be quick enough. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we'll learn a lot more when they start digging into it here in a couple of weeks. Um, You know, they announced the people that are on the panel. Uh, Republicans and Democrats, and Kevin McCarthy is expected to have to testify in what Trump was talking about, and I'm sure we'll have the FBI up there talking about what they knew and didn't know. It'll be pretty interesting. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Fencing. Beekeepers trying to stab each other. <laughs> Synchronized swimming. Swimming, but for drama majors. <laughs> Basketball. You have 24 seconds to pass the ball to the most talented player. <laughs> Shot put. The thing you always wanted to do uh, in a bowling alley, but couldn't. <laughs> Curling. Competitive swiffering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gymnastics balance beam. Ultimate driving while intoxicated test. <laughs> Cricket. Baseball, but with a British accent. That's pretty amusing. I saw a cricket match the other day in a big field in the town I live in, because it's very multicultural where I live, and a big group of it appeared to be Indian Americans uh, there on the lawn watching, and they're all dressed in the the white suits and everything like that. Love I it. Stood there with the kids. I thought we had to watch this for a while. Nothing. Oh, uh, ha- surely, surely I'll figure out how it works mm-hmm. after watching for a while. <laughs> Nothing happened for a very long time, and then we left. And then they break for lunch, and then they come back and do it some more. Hey, so uh, I hope I don't wear you out with this. Trust me, I think this is interesting. Um, this is more on that kidnapping plot from Michigan that's seen as a precursor to the January 6th riots because a lot of the same groups were involved. And the dispatch is writing today, first of all, this um, uh, trial that we're about to have with the uh, plotters from the Michigan thing is the most important domestic terrorism investigation in a generation, they say. And the case epitomizes the ideological divisions that have riven the country over the past several years. To some, the FBI's infiltration of the innermost circles of armed anti-government groups is a model for how to successfully forestall dangerous acts of domestic terrorism. But for others, it's an example of precisely the kind of outrageous government overreach that radicalizes people in the first place and increasingly is a flashpoint for deep state conspiracy theories. Wow, now you have my attention. Yeah, I would say. So reading from the BuzzFeed piece, uh, how much time have I got, Michael? Because this is first couple paragraphs is pretty interesting. In the inky darkness of a late summer night last September, three cars filled with armed men, and they began circling Birch Lake in northern Michigan, looking for ways to approach Governor Gretchen Whitmer's three-bedroom vacation cottage, subdue her, Use a stun gun if necessary and drag her away. Poof. One vehicle stopped to check out a boat launch, while a second searched in vain for the right house in the thick woods ringing the lake. The third car ran counter-surveillance using night vision goggles to look out for cops and handheld radios to communicate with others. Earlier, they'd scoped out a bridge over the Elk River just a few miles away, scrambling down under the span to figure out where plastic explosives would need to be placed to blow the bridge up. That would slow the police response and give the men time to escape with the governor, who had infuriated them by imposing the COVID lockdowns, etc., etc. We know all about that. 
Their plan was to whisk her away to Wisconsin, where she'd be tried as a tyrant. Everybody down with what's going on? The Iraq war veteran in the group demanded to know when they ended their recon mission well past midnight at a campsite where they were all staying. If you're not down with the thought of the kidnapping, don't sit here, someone else replied. The men had planned for all kinds of obstacles, but the one that they hadn't planned for was that the FBI was listening in all along. For six months, the Iraq war vet had been wearing a wire, gathering hundreds of hours of recording, hundreds of hours of recordings. He wasn't the only one. A biker who had traveled from Wisconsin to join the group was another informant. The man who had advised them on where to put the explosives under the bridge and offered to get them as much as the task would require was also an undercover FBI agent. So was a man in one of the other cars who said little and went by the name of Mark. And it goes on and on with that. Practically everybody involved in the plot was either an FBI agent themselves or wearing a wire for the FBI. A couple of the geeks were non-feds. A couple though, of the right? geeks were non-feds, yeah. yeah but yeah. it does get to a point where you wonder, what, how? How? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you're plotting to kidnap the admittedly loathsome governor of Michigan, that's some serious stuff. Heck yeah. If you're just like so-called an anti-government group, you're just, you know, libertarian or whatever, I don't need the feds infiltrating me. That will cause more radicalization. But where the line is drawn is it's not a simple question. No, it's absolutely not simple. And it'll be interesting to follow this trial, I would say. Text line 415-295-KFTC. If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Buckle, turn, shoots, fires. Shot won't go. Tucker the rebound. And that'll do it. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. So, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions. I believe my dad went to a Milwaukee Bucks game the season they won the championship the last time when a young uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the star of their team. And they've got a guy as dominant now, the Greek freak. I don't know how to pronounce his name, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Anyway, couple of, a couple of funny tweets for him as he attended the state fair, and he sent out a couple of tweets. <laughs> God, he was freaking unbelievable last night. By the way, oh my God, that guy is dominant. A record-setting performance. Um, he tweeted out his English is not so good. He he speaks uh, what do they speak in Greece? Latin, Greek, I think. Uh, I just taste for the first time a smoothie. Man, God bless America, he says. <laughs> then another tweet, including a picture, just tried a corn dog for the first time. Man, God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Enjoy the bounty of our land. Uh, also, I was reading from the dispatch. Jeff Bezos' quick trip to space Tuesday aboard his rocket has been the focus of much online mockery. Uh, yeah, we mocked it a bit ourselves. But Liz Wolf argues in a Reason magazine that yesterday was a great day for the rest of us non-billionaires, too. Just as dental care, 
Car ownership and airplane travel were once the sole province of the wealthy, so too is space tourism for now, but probably not forever. Private space life, which space flight, which currently is accessible only to those who can fork over millions of dollars, may someday be a feasible vacation option for people who don't have such wealth. Yeah, neat. neat. You have to be super you used to have to be super rich to fly in a plane from New York to London. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, anybody can do it. We do have some breaking political news. Uh-oh. Um, Nancy Pelosi rejects Jim Jordan and uh, one of the other Republicans that were n- named by McCarthy to be on that January 6th committee looking into the so-called insurrection. You don't get to, you old witch. I must reject the... Rec- Good morning. I must reject the recommendations of Representative Banks and Jordan to the select committee. The unprecedented nature of January 6th demands this unprecedented decision. Does she get to That's, do that? that? No, just because you use the same word in both sections of that sentence doesn't mean it's an explanation, you old hag. Forget it. You'll right. take it we give you. You'll you like it. You old hag for the Speaker yes. of the House. That's right. Um, Good morning. I, you old rat bag, to quote uh, Pink Floyd. Rat bag for the you Speaker of the House. Does she have the power to do that as the Speaker? Can she say, no, you don't get to be on this committee? I don't actually know. Is it a select committee? Because I think that means something. I'm seeing, I don't know. I'm seeing more headlines. Speaker Pelosi rejects two members. They're they're saying it like it is something she can do. Government so don't governs, mess with me. Yeah, okay. Governs best, which governs least, you old witch. Yeah. Oh, I used that one already. Oh. Um, we'll have the, the uh, details tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she going to give up the power uh, in uh, next year? She said she, she vowed this was her last go-around as the Speaker of the House. That's right, she did, didn't she? Yeah. Well, we'll find out together. I think, I didn't we assume at the time, and I think it's probably still true, that she'll make some sort of speech about, due to the unprecedented nature of uh, of our current politics and and, sure. and uh, the, the crisis is upon us. The never-ending emergency, yeah. of course. Yeah, we'll have to see. So a little miscellany for you here. A little of this, a little of that. Got some great emails from folks. Why don't we keep everybody anonymous? This is anonymous. My hubby and I left California for a cross-country trip to North Carolina. We traveled primarily through red states and cities and noticed that we saw no tent cities, no bums and junkies. Today we visited downtown Asheville, North Carolina. It's a beautiful part of the world, if you don't know it. Cool town. And immediately saw bums and junkies. It's a lefty, artsy-fartsy town. Including a shirtless, shoeless guy passed out on the sidewalk with tourists milling about. I told my husband, I'll bet this is a liberal town. I googled it, and lo and behold, I was right. How do the liberals not notice this trend? How in the world can they not see what their policies bring? That's a good question. But whether it's Asheville, North Carolina, or or Austin in Texas, or Boise uh, in, in Missoula, the university towns in Montana, uh, in Idaho, uh, t- yes, yes, that pattern is absolutely consistent. If if you make it easy and comfortable for people to be bums and junkies, you get more bums and junkies. It's as simple as that. Uh, we talked a lot about the school lunch programs and how the Department of Agriculture has brought socialism to the United States without so much as a, a vote or a or a discussion. And all of a sudden, now the rich, the poor, everybody gets fed at school. There's a tremendous amount of food waste, breakfast too, as a matter of fact. But um, and when did we decide the government was raising our children? Well, 
Mark writes, I understand where you're coming from with personal responsibility and being able to feed your children, but it's going to happen, so what would you have us do? I am responsible. I do take care of my kids, but when the school in our rural community gives us free meals or free food from the food bank, I'm not going to refuse them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I said this years ago. I remember the, the first time we ever discussed this, the first time we became aware that they were giving out free meals regardless of income, regardless of whether your kid went to the school there or not. And I remember saying, at what point am I the stupid one for not taking advantage of this since I'm paying for it anyway? Yeah, well, you would have to. And getting people to cross that line is part of the goal. Well, Mark, we agree with you uh, to a large extent. I mean, we're talking about the wisdom and the effects, the long-term effects, especially of various policies, and they're terrible. Those effects are awful. You don't want them. Anybody with an ounce of logic can see that. On the other hand, once they're implemented, uh, you would have to be a pretty hardcore ideologue to, to be a conscientious objector when the government comes with its checkbook out. I understand that. But then the socialist side has won at that point. Yeah. Because there's no going back then. And even, you know, the most libertarian among us, once we get used to the schools providing, the the beast always adjusts to changes in its environment. You no longer comport yourself financially assuming you need to feed your children because you don't anymore, so you will make changes. Then if somebody takes that benefit away from you, it'll be painful, and you'll yell, wait, why well, you're balancing the budget on the stomachs of my children. Yeah, all of a sudden that you 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 find out that, wait, i got to spend, let me do the math here, so I'm going to have to spend $3,000 on food for my kid this year? I can't afford that. Right. Even yeah. a right-winger would say, once you've gotten used to the government feeding you. Right, the, the seduction of socialism. He says, finally, what's the difference between free food from the school and the 250 to $300 per child payment from the government that's going out these days? God once, dang it, we're throwing around a lot of money. Yeah, again. Uh, once again, I take care of my kids and don't need it, but they're giving it to us. Should we refuse it? No, I, Mark, we totally uh, hear what you're saying. Again, unless you're going to go hardcore ideological, you might as well take it. I just, uh, it, it's, it's self-evident where this leads because it's done it over and over again. But I just, I, uh, I suppose we can keep preaching it and maybe we, we move a couple of hearts and minds, but I think the vast majority of people just want stuff. Why well, a good tweet just now out from Donald Trump Jr., and I don't say that often. Nancy Pelosi wants you to believe that Adam Schiff is qualified to fairly judge the January 6th insurrection but not jim jordan the ranking member on the republican side of the committee wow that's a pretty good point so well played, adam, schiff, adam schiff of course is just going to look at the facts and play it down the middle him of the russia investigation for four years got the I smallest seen, thinnest neck i've ever seen i have seen the classified information that absolutely proves the president colluded he is one of the greatest ugliest liars in the last 50 years but in american he, politics he will be on the commission Yes, he's fine. Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan or not. Yeah, apparently she does have the power. The Hill just in. Pelosi rejects Republican picks for January 6th committee. So it must be as a as a select committee, a House select committee, she's the boss and gets to decide who's on it or who's not. Hey, Kevin McCarthy, yank all your people. You'll probably do that in the next 15 minutes. It, did, he, uh, did he put people on there? He knew she would reject. Ah, uh, this is it. This is absolutely it. And Rarely do I accuse Kevin McCarthy of playing some brilliant three-dimensional chess. All chess uh, is three-dimensional. In the same way that Nancy Pelosi set up the impeachments to fail on purpose right? so that she could you know, continue to have Trump around because she'd rather have Trump as president than whoever would have replaced him. Uh, she set it up to fail on purpose. Uh, Kevin McCarthy didn't want a full investigation into January 6th because that's not going to be good for the Republicans. He's going to get called in front of it. 
He's going to be under oath. He's going to have to, um, you know, talk about his conversations with Donald Trump. He doesn't want that. So he put people on there he knew she'd reject, like Jim Jordan, and now they can pull out completely. Hmm. That's some pretty good political maneuvering right there. Yeah, if he knew she would reject Jordan, but I don't understand how how you'd know that. I mean, the guy has every credential to be on there. I mean, to reject him is really an extraordinary move. No, he is the... He is the boogeyman for Democrats. I watch enough MSNBC. Jim Jordan is to Democrats what Adam Schiff is to us. Mm. You know, just you, you get mad looking at him. Well, more stupid out of the Capitol. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Keep wasting our time. Yeah. Keep with your performative politics, your kabuki theater crap. Yeah, you're you're at an 11% approval rating, Congress. See if you can get her down solidly into single digits before you change your ways. We'll try to finish strong here on the program. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think that it's time to say to those folks, it's fine. If you don't choose to get vaccinated, you may not come to work. You may not have access to a situation where you're going to put my grandchildren in jeopardy, where you might kill them, where you might put them in a situation where they're going to carry the the virus to someone in a high-risk position. That's, I think, the point where we are, is freedom is one thing, but freedom when you harm others, like secondhand smoke and um, issues that we've dealt with very clearly in the past. You can't drive drunk. You can drink, but you can't drive drunk because you can injure other people. That's the former uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Kathleen, Kathleen Sebelius. Is me not wearing a mask the same as driving drunk? I got to admit, I'm not. I thought I was completely solid on the whole vaccination mask danger thing. Now I feel at sea. I've had so many people that I respect go back to masks and, and telling me different. So I, I don't know. Well, I, I think I still feel pretty comfortable about it. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, uh, every day, 1,800 people die of heart disease. Every single day. Um, no, I get, 1,600 to cancer, 470 by accident. No, uh, I'm not worried about a risk of dying to me, but can I get the COVID and spread it to other people? I'm not as solid on that as I thought it was. The person that uh, somebody in the close orbit of the White House, they announced yesterday, fully vaccinated person, tested positive for COVID. Does that mean anything or not? Mm-hmm. No, it, well, it, and that's the thing. There's so many things. Like uh, Kathleen Sebelius's argument was so full of fudging and and uh, bad comparisons and the rest of it. The more virus you have in you, the more you're putting off and the more contagious you are. You're not going to get much virus in you at all if you're vaccinated. So in an environment like the White House where they're testing everybody every day, yeah, you're going to get breakthrough cases, but there are very little consequence. Actually, a friend of mine sent this from... Um, uh, Virginia, percentage of cases uh, in people not fully vaccinated, 99.4% are unvaccinated people, not fully. Uh, it's 98.64% of uh, hospitalizations. It's 99.03% of people who die. Total breakthrough cases is 1,157. 
Total hospitalizations is 81, and I guarantee those people were all immune-compromised or had underlying serious health conditions. Total breakthrough deaths is 18. That's .0004%. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, well, exactly, yeah. But no, her, her whole freedom is one thing, but no, no, no. Freedom isn't one thing. It's like a really, 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 really big thing, Ms. Sebelius. And if you're going to limit it, you have a better have a better argument then. And if you'll permit me, I was reciting those statistics for a reason. You're not going to limit my liberty based on a disease that kills a tiny fraction of heart disease, a tiny fraction of cancer, a, a, a substantial fraction, but a fraction of accidents. You got to get down to Alzheimer's disease, which still kills more people per day every day than the COVID. You're not seeing people, their their liberty restricted because of the 470 who die of accidents every day. So Biden threw out the idea of going door to door a week or so ago, and then there was a fair amount of uh, pushback on that, and they, 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 they softened that somewhat. They're doing it in the capital of California. Sacramento leaders are going to go door to door. To check and see if you're unvaccinated or not, I encourage people to get vaccinated, which leads me to this tweet I just came across from some chiropractor. It is a chiropractor, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, we went from flattening the curve in 14 days to going door to door to see your papers. I got to admit, I did not see that coming. Nazi spelling N A Z I. I did not see that coming. <laughs> we went from- well played, my back bending friend. <laughs> My crooked-penned friend. We went from flattening the curve in 14 days to going door-to-door to see your papers. You know, there's there's a little bit of paranoia on the right about the whole going door-to-door oh, yeah. thing. They're just yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. offering the vaccine, so if you've been too lazy to get it, you can get it right then and there. On the other hand, government reach always turns into government overreach. It just does. Well, I never thought my doctor would ask me if I've got a gun in my home. So if you start having them go door-to-door to to see if you got your flu shot, guaranteed at some point they'll be asking you, oh, and do you keep a gun at home? No, but I have one in my pocket, so watch yourself. (laughs) Back away slowly from my home. Yeah, I'm telling you, the whole thing just wears me out. And and I see I see the, the clickbaitiness on the right and the left constantly, every day, just in getting ready to do the show. And and uh, I'm acutely aware that there is a small percentage on the right that's every bit as loony as the small percentage on the left. And y'all are wearing me out. I mean, the, the other, I guess, what does that leave? If there's, say, 4%, the other 92 to 3% of us would really like to conduct our politics without the wack-a-doodle tree. Yep, sure would. The few people that control Twitter need to be rounded up and put away. Then maybe Twitter could become useful again. I was clicking around on Twitter, uh, I guess it was yesterday, and I haven't been much lately. Uh, and it's just awful. It's a cesspool. Yes, it is. Thanks, Twitter. <laughs> Admit me, chorus to this history. Who, prologue-like, your humble patients pray, gently to hear, kindly to judge, the final thoughts of Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. The second part of that makes sense to me. The first part, I have no idea what he's saying or what it means. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo, pressing the buttons in the control room. Final thought. All right, guys. You know, billionaires are now going up to space, but what we really want is for them to buy a sports league and then change the rules. Yep. That's what I'm waiting for. You know, get to the NBA and make them have a square ball. 
For instance, uh, uh, Alex is on uh, COVID uh, quarantine. Jack, do you have a final thought? Alex is quarantined for COVID at this point. Huh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm not happy with some of my thinking. Why did I take some joy in the women's soccer team losing? I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it, but I, I took some pleasure in that, and I'm trying to figure out, is it something anti-woman? Is it anti-soccer? It's not some anti-America. Of them, some of them have said some pretty acerbic anti-American stuff. Yeah. They're all way woke. Over the years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my final thought is, uh, again, to, to quote some of our emailers who are up on science, the reason the billionaires, uh, Jeff Bezos in particular, just went to barely in space was to get into orbit, um, you need for vertical velocity three to four times more powerful a rocket than he had. Then to actually get into orbit, you got to be able to go 17,800 miles per hour to circle the Earth. That rocket needs to be three to four times more powerful and, well, nine times more powerful to do the orbit thing. So, like, you'd have to have a rocket 12 to 13 times more powerful than the one he did. So that's not a small step for mankind. That's a giant leap. Yeah. Well put. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the great clicks there for you under hot links. You can get A&G swag, including the I'm Vax No Mask t-shirts or the very popular red, white, and blue A&G t-shirts. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Goodbye, sweet America. Get. Go away. I mean, I'm... Uh... <laughs> You do not know what you are talking about. Halfsies on that. And we'll be back with more right after these words. Uh, You remember Lenin's letter in which he talked about hanging a thousand kulaks to make socialism work anyway. Oh, and (laughs) two. Remember, a baseball team needs a manager, but an economy doesn't. Anyway, here's to the free market. Here's the pitch. On that high note, thank you all very much.